Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Hello and welcome to the JRE Review, the Joe Rogan Experience Review for week... 39 of the year this is my podcast 14 um joe's had so many people on recently he is pumping out podcasts left and right it's almost hard to keep up and if the show wasn't so damn good i don't know how it could but let's see podcast 1156 jimmy door jimmy door what a fascinating dude. And before we hit that one, uh, you know, just just a little bit about this podcast. It's new. It's simple. I just talk about the best parts of the Joe Rogan episodes for the week. Things I liked. Things that my body's talking about. Conversations that I've had about them. Um, anything I found enlightening or interesting. Uh, occasionally I have guests on to talk about, the, talk about it too. Get a bit of back and forth. And uh, looking to get... Uh, all different types of fans on, you know, maybe even from different countries, just to get some feedback, see what they like, see what they love about the show. And uh, always just uh, another big shout out to Joe, just uh, thanking him for even putting these things together. So uh, yeah, uh, Jimmy Dore is, uh, he's a stand up. He's been a friend of Joe's for a long time, um, from what I understand. And um uh, yeah, great guy. Has really interesting podcast. Gets very political. He's an intense dude. He's uh, totally not a Trump supporter. He couldn't be further from it. The guy is not a big fan of what's going on with the administration. Generally lies about anything government-wise. I mean, you know, he was almost talking too fast to even really pick up on where he was at. But I... I guess he only had three hours, right? So he's going to cram it all in. I mean, I know I talk fast when I do these podcasts. You just can't help it. You got you got stuff to say, and there's never seems like enough time in the world. But uh, really interesting, uh, dude, and, and very funny as well. They got on to the issue with Alec Jones being deplatformed. Obviously, if you're a fan of Joe's, you know Alec is... I don't know what you think about him. The guy's obviously a lunatic, but he is quite funny. Um, and yeah, he says some crazy shit, and they're kicking him off the air. And uh, Jimmy is not a big fan of what Alex says, but believes in his right to say it. And I have to agree. I, I don't know what you guys out there think. But I mean, you know, people should be allowed to say crazy shit. Just the same as people should be allowed to say sane stuff. I mean... There is a limit, obviously, if there's too much hatred and too much pain coming out of what you're saying, like, yeah, that you need some regulations. But generally, you gotta, you want to be free to say whatever you want. you got to be free because otherwise, uh, you know, who, who the fuck is making the rules? Who's the one telling you what you can and can't say? And that's a scary position. They should never have too much power, right? So where does that go? What's... What's happening with the Alec Jones situation? I mean, they, they talked a lot about regulating social media. 
and uh, but regulating it not in the way that it's been regulated now, but just you know allowing people to post their content, have it be fair, give you reasons why you're getting kicked off uh, the internet. It happens to a lot of people. A lot of different people get demonetized and and especially through YouTube and and this is the way most of us get our information. You know, however it is, through the news or TV stuff or whatever. I mean, this is where we're picking this stuff up. We need to know. We need to know what's what. And um, and we deserve to hear all the different sides. We get to choose, right? I mean, it's got to be it. One of the really interesting things is Jimmy asked Joe about when his podcast was getting really big and how he knew about it. And this I found fascinating. Joe basically said it was in the last few years that his podcast picked up huge, right? Tons of listeners, um, adding millions and millions of types of downloads. I mean, just getting massive. And then one day he was, I think he, where did he say, what, Chicago? I don't remember. But he was, he said he was somewhere and he asked his audience, his, his comedy audience, who listens to the podcast. And he expected just a few people to be like, yeah, yeah, great, yeah. But he said it was like a roar from the cloud, or from the crowd, and that's when he realized that it was like, wow, his crowds are really just being made up of the podcast people, and yeah, I mean, so many people listen to this, and and I think it's great. So many people are getting a lot out of it, and, I, and this is why I do this. I want to know who, who, and where you are, and and how it changes your life, or even if it doesn't, maybe it's not that dramatic. Right. But if there's just something positive out of it that you get, like, what is that value? You know, this isn't just another like Tonight Show version of a new type of show as a podcast. This this doesn't have the same bullshit commercials connected to it. And the, well, actually, it does a lot at the beginning, but you can skip those pretty quick. But it's just the fact that it's not set up like a Tonight Show. Right. Tonight Shows, I don't feel like can change people's lives for the better. They don't have all that much in like motivational in, information messages and and just general knowledge to be gained in like a five minute interview. Most of it's just stupid, you know, little shitty bits of comedy and then just whatever. I mean, honestly, they could do a lot more with those shows. They just choose not to. They want it to be simple. This show isn't the same, and uh, you know he. What's cool about it is he, Joe says he doesn't, doesn't look at numbers. He doesn't look at who downloads and what. And he was talking to Jimmy about it because people get upset about their comments and the poor star reviews and all the rest of it. I mean, yeah, it exists, but don't worry about it. It's an in- interesting message. Like, don't obsess with that. It's a, a dangerous trap, I think. Um, next up for the week, he had um, Chuck Palahniuk. Palahniuk? I don't know. The dude that wrote... Um, Fight Club. Fascinating guy. I don't know who's read that um, out there, but um, we've all watched the movie. He has some other movies. Uh, I mean, some other books that are pretty fantastic. Really interesting. Uh, dude, very smart. Super intense. Dark. He's like the dark side of writing. Uh, in fact, got kicked out of one of his writing groups for a story about a sex doll. Um, and, you know, these are people he knew. These were his friends, and they just kicked him out. They were like, no, you got to go. He writes some creepy stuff. Um, and that, that brings up another interesting thing, like the censorship of writing. Who the fuck 
can choose what you can write. Like you start censoring writing, and it's a real problem. He talks about it from his uh, from his publishers too. They tell you what you can and cannot put in things, and not really cool, right? I mean, especially if someone is a great writer like this, or you know, you take someone like Stephen King. Think what you will, but he's written some great books. I mean, you start telling him how he can write, that changes the whole game. I mean, it, that's really it. And Joe gave a great example of how somebody said to him, it was like some fucking college professor was like, "Good, all good comedy punches up. Meaning, you know, it's like positive. You can't pick on people or shit on people and make it funny. And the idea behind that is that you know, that's why we should censor negative comedy or or kind of comedy that picks on somebody. But then Joe gives one of the best examples ever, which is Sam Kennison's bit of a starving kid in Africa saying, move out of the desert. There's no fucking food. Like, it's it's a brutal bit. Sam Kennison is a, is a, you know, he's a dark motherfucker, but he's come up with some fantastic bits and it goes right against it. It's like... You know what? You got to delve into the weird. You got to delve into the dark arts of jokes and writing to really understand human nature. There's fucking scary shit out there. You know, we got to talk about it. We can't. You just can't watch Disney movies all the time. You ever dated a girl that was just like massive in the Disney movies? You know, either as a kid or still kind of as a grown up, and they just have this like happily ever after thought process that they won't let go of. And it's like, sometimes shit gets fucked up. I'm sorry. It's not always that way. I don't know. I'm going off on a tangent. I've had a lot of coffee. Uh, That's how it goes. Um, A a terrible thing that happened to Chuck is uh, he got fucked over by his accountant. Embezzled a ton of fucking money from him. And what I found fascinating about that story is when he was telling Joe that it actually gave him a bit more fire. Because now he needs to write again. He needs to make more money. He wants to pay some bills. But maybe there was something more to it. It was like maybe his life was just too comfortable before that action. And, you know, it brings up that whole adversity thing again. Like the struggle. Things that are difficult make you work and make you creative and and really push you in the right direction. Um, And even uh, Chuck brings up an interesting quote from Brad Pitt when... Brad Pitt was in Fight Club, and Brad said to him, to fail is the best way to create good work. Not super profound, but hey, Brad Pitt said it, but still pretty fucking interesting, right? It's like, okay, to fail is the best way to create good work. And then, of course, as always, Joe talks about bombing on stage. You gotta bomb hard enough. Bomb, it hurts. It's fucking brutal. If you bomb, then you get stronger. That's all there is to it. You bomb, you get stronger. And the and the last really interesting thing I found about Chuck is that he, all his books are banned in prisons because they're too stimulating. Right? Stimulating. What does that mean? I guess they don't want to start fight clubs in prison. That'd probably be a bad idea. Um, next up, podcast 1159, Neil deGrasse Tyson. I'm going to make this podcast a little bit shorter. People have been talking to me about keeping them short. And that was the whole point of this anyway. So, you know, my apologies when they've got long. But when I get guests on, I sometimes like to ramble on forever. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm figuring this out. I'll get there. 
All right, I'm going to I'm going to get there. But yeah, we had Neil deGrasse Tyson on. One of my favorite ones, Joe's guess. He's been on on and off since the beginning so many times and he just is such a fascinating dude. I could listen to him all day long. Um, he starts out talking about his new book that he has coming out and uh, I should have wrote the name of that down. Uh, a bit disrespectful that I didn't, but I forgot. But it's basically like physics and the military or like astrophysics and how it connects to the military. And there's just, there's, there's a lot of comparisons, a lot of direct lines that you don't think about. And in his book, he's going to lay that shit down. He did say that it's not as easy as his other astrophysics book that he wrote, which I bought, which was good. Um, you know, that was kind of more like a book for dummies. So perfect for me because I'm a fucking dummy. But, uh, you know, just talking about a lot of the things that we've got from the military through the use of their knowledge, like GPS and all sorts. And even like what NASA's made and like microwave ovens and all that kind of stuff. It was pretty interesting how he was going on about how microwave food is safe. Um, I thought everyone kind of knew that, but Joe didn't seem too sure if that was the case. I guess maybe he'd never thought about it. I didn't... I don't know. I was born in the 80s, so nobody was ever like, oh yeah, you're going to die if you eat microwave food. I figured it was just like the kind of shitty, dumb way of heating up food. It's good for coffee, though. Heats coffee up pretty good. I like it. Um, Neil was talking about the Gregorian calendar, right? Which is, uh, he was basically referencing how religion should get some kudos for the things that they brought forth, uh, even though he's not religious. And uh, this kind of ties in with him saying, like, Godspeed in relation to people going into space for NASA. And uh, the Gregorian calendar is the most accurate of all calendars ever made. That's why basically the world uses it, even though, you know, there's like a Jewish calendar and a, a Chinese one. But overall, they use Gregorian because it adds in the leap years just right. And then he got complicated with it. It was like, it adds a day every hundred years to make up for these other days that it's like adding on to. And that's basically kind of how it works. You know, you just like calculate forward. I found that pretty fascinating. I didn't know that. And that was cool to know that, you know, how the fuck these people work this stuff out? I don't know, especially back in the day too, when they're just like in castles looking at the stars. I mean, they didn't even have watches, I don't think. You just have, you know, fucking sundial and trying to figure out this stuff. Wizards, man. Really, very smart. And it's so cool. Um, and yeah, talking about what people can build and when, I mean, Joe and Neil talked about the pyramids, for example, and how tall they are and how massive a structure. And... Neil deGrasse Tyson was making the point that no, the Egyptians didn't have technology that we can't figure out today. They just did great work. And to really emphasize the great work, we didn't, as human beings, build anything taller than the pyramids until the Eiffel Tower in like 1800 something. That's wild. So, what was that, like 4,000 years? It took 4,000 years to build something bigger than the pyramids? That's crazy. Those shits are big. Let me know. If you live near the pyramids, let me know how big those things are. Give it a shout out. It's got to be somebody that lives within uh, 
view of the pyramids. That'd be great. Send me a picture. Um, and and just talking about the like mass and size of things, a really interesting thing that he brought up was uh, the Earth. How the Earth is technically super smooth, and if it was the scale, like if you shrunk it down to the size of a, I don't know, like a, uh, I think they said like a a bowling ball or a pool ball, it would be the smoothest object ever created. Because even though we look at mountains and hills and all the things and we think, wow, the earth is pretty bumpy and lumpy, not really true. If you take the tallest point on Mount Everest and the lowest point, which is the something trench in the Atlantic, the distance between it is only 11 miles. 11 miles. That's not much at all. From the highest to the lowest. And it's not like they're right next to each other either. You know? So that would be... That would look even... Be greater distance. But when you look at the whole size of the... Whole massive Earth... Think how thick through it is. Thousands of miles. 11 is nothing. You couldn't even measure it. It would be like incredibly smooth. Which is really bizarre. Because... I don't know. I guess I just not thought about it. Like who thinks about those sorts of things. But it just wouldn't have made sense to me like it just seems like it would be way bumpier of an object i don't know see it's it's dummies like me that would that get together and come up with ideas of like flat earth because you're just not thinking about it this is why we need these fucking scientists these guys are great uh neil loves to tweet about sci-fi movies you may know this as well they talked about this how he pointed out that the sky in titanic was wrong i thought that was hilarious um, yeah, uh, of course he would know those things. What a huge nerd. But he loves it, and I think he should keep doing it. I think it's absolutely hilarious. And the big last thing that they talked about, which I found great and really just had me thinking, is like, if an asteroid was coming to Earth, what the fuck do we do? And it sounds like the best thing to do is get an object up near it with its own gravity and then it just slowly pulls this thing off course over like a very large distance, right? And when Joe said, all right, how much time do we need for this shit? Neil was like, about 10 years. It's going to take about 10 years to build something and get it up there to move this thing out of the way. And that's if we can even see the damn thing anyway. Holy shit, people. We need a space force. Um, I know Donald Trump said it, which makes it sound stupid, and really a lot of the shit that he says does seem mad. But, hey, why not have a force up there taking care of the satellites and the fucking looking for asteroids and shit? It's only going to take one decent-sized one to hit us, and we're going to change our tune about those fucking things, right? Anyway, guys, thank you so much for downloading. Thank you, Joe, for your great show, as always. You know, shoot me questions, and uh, and if you're ever in the L.A. area, hit me up. And, and if you're a big fan of Joe's, I'll get you on, and we'll have a great conversation. Thanks a lot, and uh, talk soon, guys. Cheers.